longer you listen, the later it gets. You're listening to Voice America Kids. Stars could shine between the lines If you would let yourself go Find some place you know You can use your words, use your hands You can change the world, just pretend Express yourself, take a chance and you'll see It's time to express yourself, where teens talk and the world listens. Presented by Star Style Productions as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. You'll rock to an hour of adolescent fusion with your teen hosts and on-air reporters. Meet and chat with cool celebrities, exhilarating experts, and tenacious teens with subjects regarding anything and everything that you want to know. It's time to kick off the fun with our star teens. Welcome to Express Yourself. Education is the most powerful weapon which you can use to change the world, as said by Nelson Mandela. Hello and welcome to Express Yourself. We're a program by, for, and with creative young people, a platform to give teens a voice right here on the Voice America Kids Network. I'm Asia Gonzalez, and today the theme for our show is about back to school. And Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions and brought to you as an outreach service of the Be The Star You Are charity, a top nonprofit honored by GuideStar and great nonprofits. And we want to announce that Be The Star You Are will be participating in two great events coming up soon in November. Uh, a 10 out of 10 at Vineyard Vine, and on that's on 917, and the Pear Festival on 924. Thank you to our sponsors, MB Jesse Painting, Star Style Productions, Lamarinda Weekly Newspaper, and Brooks Albury's. And to be a sponsor, volunteer, or get more information about our events, go to www.bethestarur.org and click on events. And joining us today for our very first segment is our very own Brigitte with another segment of Art Attack. Hey guys, it's Brigitte, and today's Art Attack is going to be just a little bit different. So back to school is definitely a more concrete topic than many of us are either excited or, or dreading, and instead of relating works of art to the back to school spirit, I'm going to be sharing some of my favorite ways to style up your school supplies. So let's get started. So the first, and I think is one of the most fun ways to style up your school supplies and you know your back to school spirit, is Sharpies. So Sharpies are definitely your best friend in kind of just stylizing everything and making them your own. And I love working with Sharpies to really bring a bit of originality and artistic, you know, um, just artistic you, creativity to the mix. And so cute folders and binders can definitely be found in stores, and they are undeniably adorable, but it's also easy and fun to just grab some inexpensive materials and a permanent marker and doodle your heart out. So I suggest finding a theme or lyrics to a song that you really like, searching up maybe some fonts online that you can use as a reference, and you can practice on some scratch paper and then draw it right onto your folder or binder. And tracing paper or a pencil works as like guidelines if you need them as well, and you can incorporate, with this way, you can kind of incorporate art into your daily life, and you can also put in like lyrics from songs that you really like that will remind you of your goals and that will help you in times when you're having a rough time studying or you're nervous for an upcoming test. And so basically this way is just like a really good method of incorporating your own artistic style into like your school supplies and really having fun with it and kind of bringing more of an artistic flavor and your own flavor into the mix. And so here are some general steps and tips to follow. And so first of all, we'll start off with the supplies. So you're going to need a Sharpie or Sharpies. You can vary this in size and color to your taste. 
Um, I know Sharpies come in like metallics or like different colors and different tips as well. And then you're also going to need a folder or a binder or anything that you really want to decorate. And then maybe some scratch paper and tracing paper or pencil if you need like the guidelines and you don't want to just ruin a folder by going right in with the Sharpie. And so another tip is that it's easier to start with your design in the middle with the doodle or the lyric that you want to be the most eye-catching. And so for me personally, when I doodle on my folders or I put a design on my school supplies, on my binders, I do like to write a song lyric that I really like or that I find the most resonant in the middle of a folder with like a thicker marker and then use a fine tipped marker to doodle designs stemming off of those words or outlining those words. And outlining is also like making a border around the word, around a phrase or a doodle is another way to make it stand out. And so this just really makes it more eye-catching, makes you see the artistic style to your folder or binder and makes the design really pop. And so my third tip is just to be creative and you can search up reference for things that you want to put on your folder and sketch them out on paper before putting them on it if you aren't sure about the design. And some fun things to draw on school supplies are cartoon cats, dogs, animals, hearts, flowers, dream catchers, and then different patterns. And so I know there's also a lot of YouTube tutorials that you can look up if you want to delve more into the Sharpie world and really bring some artistic flavor into the mix. And another thing that you can use to, or another um, way of creating more artistic supplies are you can use cute papers and you can get them at all different kinds of places. And so another thing to do when you really want to make your school supplies pop is to just grab some inexpensive patterned paper and glue it on or around your school supplies. And so you can find nice paper in any stationery store and you can also get it online at Amazon or eBay. And what you can do with these is that you can cut these pattern sheets into all sorts of shapes and sizes and glue them onto your folder and binder. And so basically at the end of the day, being creative and artistic with school supplies is a way to involve art in your daily life. And so people nowadays talk about art as something kind of high-end, you know, something that you view from a distance in a gallery, or you're taking a school trip to this giant art gallery where the art is foreign, you know, you don't relate to these artworks as much as you could, as much as you could if you brought them into your daily life. And so what's nice about doing it yourself projects for school and for the back-to-school spirit, like doodling on your folders, is that this brings you closer to art than an art gallery, and you're really paying attention to the details, and you kind of gain an appreciation for, like, the artist and, like, artists in general. Because I remember when I started out in art, and it was kind of, you know, me with my stick figures and my lack of attention to details, you know, versus them and their beautiful artwork. But then when you really get into it, when you want to, you know, decorate a folder to show off to the world during your back to school spirit, then you really get into it and you really gain like an appreciation for detail. And I think it definitely gives you more of an appreciation for art as well, because again, once you've delved into the artistic side of things, it really sticks. And so I have a lot of friends who, you know, even though they don't take art at school and they don't plan on majoring in art or doing, you know, more artistic things with their life or going into that career or going onto that career path, they also, you know, they just love to doodle on their school supplies and they enjoy working with Sharpies, make things perfect or like cut out little, you know, paper flowers to stick on their folders. And it's just a way to really get involved in art without picking it as a permanent career choice or distancing yourself from it. And so, you know, my friends tell me that it's really opened up their eyes to how artists are able to command their mediums to really work with tiny pieces of paper or like little brushes and acrylic paints. And you just really see more of a connection with yourself 
and with the artist when you decorate your school supplies. And it does, it does seem really inane. You know, you can go out and buy a folder with a puppy on it and you love puppies and that's artistic enough for you. But decorating and working with the materials that artists use to kind of explode their creativity will also explode your creativity and will, you know, give you more of a relation to that artist. And it's also yeah. really nice. Yeah, you know, it's incredible to just feel the paintbrush under your fingers and mm -hmm. you're decorating it for your own sake to spread a message, a song lyric, something you like out to your friends or your circle, your, your audience, basically. Yeah. And so, you know, that gives you a strong connection with the artist and with any artist across the world, because that's exactly what they're doing. You're doing what they're doing now by decorating your school supplies. Yeah, and, I actually yeah, did that know. with a binder. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you can, you know, like anybody can do it. You don't have to be Picasso or like Van Gogh. You can just go in there. If you have any Crayola or um, acrylics lying around as well, those, I know those seem kind of low tech, but they're really good for decorating. And I, I recently watched a video on YouTube because I like the arts and crafts things and they, you know, YouTube is a great resource. I watched a girl who said, you know, she wasn't good at freehand painting. She didn't like it. She you know, she messed up a lot when she freehanded with just a paintbrush. But then she found this really creative way of being artistic where she cut up some potatoes and used them as like stamps to stamp patterns onto her binders. And, that's you know, that's cool. just, yeah, I know, right? That's just a way instead of, you know, being good or like putting years and years of work into art as a career or something that you're really interested in, if you want to kind of experience the artistic side of things without you know, putting everything into it because you maybe you're interested in something else or maybe you're really math and science oriented or something like that, then you can definitely use back to school as a way of, you know, expanding your horizons. And yeah. it, yeah, it's just, uh, as I mentioned earlier about like references, you know, you really do what every artist does when they try to find something to sketch. They go online and they go to Google Images or some other <laughs> reference yeah. site. And then they find references. And so you're doing exactly the same thing. You're really involving yourself in the process. And I think that's what's cool about, you know, this recent trend of widespread, um, like back to school decorating where mm -hmm. it, it seems cute. You know, it seems like just a fun thing to do, but I feel like it's really spreading the artistic spirit. And, you know, nowadays teens are not as interested in going to art galleries. They want to do something else. They want to focus on back to school. I have a lot of friends who it's a lot love, better to create something for yourself instead of yeah, you know. yeah. Exactly. Uh, I mean, some people do find it fun going to the art museums, but it's mm -hmm. a lot funner when you create something for yourself. Like I just went yeah. to Target yesterday. I drove. <laughs> I took my friend with me. I was like, you're going back to school shopping with me. And she's like, okay. <laughs> so, she, so we went to, ta to Target together and she found this like really glittery notebook. I was like, oh my gosh, that's really cute. And mm -hmm. then um, I was like, you know what? I got a ton of stickers and stuff that I would love to actually like do something with them because they're just kind of like lying around. And yeah. uh, I got like a bunch of really cool stickers. I was like, I'll just get like one of those um, five-star notebooks that are, mm -hmm. that are like five subjects. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I got like a, a little white notebook and I put all the stickers that I have all over the cover. And then um, I bought a little pencil case that was like this little red and, and blue thing. I was Aww. like, oh, it'd be really cool to find some like patches or something, go to like Hot Topic or, mm -hmm. or somewhere that I could get some patches to like sew or iron onto it. Because I think mm -hmm. that would 
be really cool to personalize your things. And that's yeah. that's what I love about back to school shopping. I am obsessed with back to school shopping. I, I just love <laughs> to go buy new things for me to use during the school year and and personalize it. I had a binder exactly. all yeah. four years of my high school. I had the same binder uh-huh. throughout the entire four years that I was in high school. And it was just covered with like magazine cutouts that I thought were really cool. <laughs> and I had yeah, that thing yeah. for four years. And people were like, oh, oh, you got to throw that thing away. Never. <laughs> Never, never. It's a part of me now. My artistic creativity. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. And that's this, you know, it's bringing mainstream and like the media into it. And as you said, like magazines and stuff, and you know, mm-hmm. teens can really find like it's it's a form of art, you know, collage and it like is. arranging things, and that really just brings the artistic spirit into modern day. And I think that's I think it's awesome. <laughs> just My entire wall <laughs> is filled with magazine cutouts. It's really yes. weird. <laughs> but like, yeah. it's just. It's just, it really resonates with my spirit of bringing the art to everyone. I feel like that's a thing that we need to work on. And back to school is really a great way of doing that. Yeah, I definitely. Well, unfortunately, we're out of time, but it was definitely wonderful to share some tips about heading back to school, especially um, being creative and expressing yourself in any way possible. So during the break, be sure to check out our charity site at btsya.org, which stands for the Be the Star You Are 501c3 Literacy and Positive Media Charity. And support our show in these amazing segments by donating to Be the Star You Are charity that brings you this program. And for more information on how to do this, you can go to www.bethestarur.org and follow our blog. Again, that website is www.bethestarur.org. I'm Asia Gonzalez. Don't go anywhere. We're going to continue to talk about back to school. Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The positive message outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Welcome back to our uplifting and inspiring program. I'm Asia Gonzalez, and you're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids Network, brought to you by the Be The Star You Are charity. Now, I have already graduated high school. I went through all four years and learned a lot of stuff, and uh, now I am going into my second year of college. So freshman year was a bit of a crazy transition for me because I had actually moved from 
California to Arizona, and I had spent all three of my middle school years in California. So I was really used to the vibe over there. I knew all of my friends over there thinking, you know, awesome, you know, I know all these kids from middle school, and now we're going to go on to high school together. And uh, sadly, that was not the case. So I ended up going to high school in a whole other state at a whole other school, meeting completely different people. And uh, I have actually been to three high schools, which is absolutely insane. Um, but it was kind of normal to me. Uh, at first, I thought, you know, this is crazy. How am I going to do this? But it was actually pretty normal because we did move a lot. But uh, it taught me a lot throughout my four years of high school. And um, I've got some freshman year advice for y'all. So you may feel the need to procrastinate because, you know, why not? You got three more years to make up for your laziness this year. Well, that actually just sets you on a long road of procrastination. And then, boom, you're on your way to your junior year SATs and ACTs. So definitely do not do that. And you can procrastinate a couple times if everyone does it. Just like everyone binge eats and watches Netflix on those Sunday nights, you should actually be using to study for that math final. Like I said, everyone does it. And yes, I know you'll want to celebrate uh, when you finish your first year of high school. But don't be too rash and burn all your notebooks in a celebratory bonfire. Because I actually knew a couple people who did that. And it didn't work out too well because they went from Algebra 1 to Algebra 2. And they burned their math book uh, that they took all their notes in. They had all these algebra notes that they had actually saved up in their notebook. And I was like, you guys should really keep that because you're going to need it for Algebra 2. And they're like, oh, no, you know, we're going to learn some new things. I'll get a new notebook and I'll have some fresh notes. Well, I actually saved mine. It turns out that we actually did need um, a lot of the notes that we took last year in our first algebra class. And I kind of like looked at my friends and uh, classmates around the room going, ha you guys, for all your notebooks, now I have mine and I have my all, all my new um, notes in my old notebook and I can pass some tests. So definitely keep some of your old stuff from freshman year because you never know what notes you're going to need. If you take a class and they start going over something old um, and it's going to be a recurring thing, you can you know think, hey, I got an old notebook that I got from freshman year in a previous classroom and maybe that'll be useful. So definitely keep those um, and make lots of friends. You know, I mean it. Make so many friends that you actually forget their names at least once. Uh, you're going to need it. Um, it's great to have a support group and a lot of people that are around you that know exactly what you're going through. If you have a really great group of people that you're with freshman year, it's not like you're, you won't feel like you're alone in something that's just such a big transition for you as a person. Um, and definitely don't be afraid to join clubs, you know, join French club, the selfie club, ASL club, the club, heck, even the chess club, you know, that's, <laughs> that's not social suicide. And social suicide, there is actually no such thing. The only thing you kill that's social is your ability to be social. If you know how to form coherent sentences and can wave high without looking like a robot, then you're going to be just fine. Um, you know, a lot of people think, oh, you know, I can't join this club because maybe people won't, um think I'm cool enough. There's no such thing as being cool in high school, no matter how many movies you've watched about high school life. Uh, I've graduated uh, high school. I made so many friends that I will never forget. You know, I made friends um, at my first high school that I went to, and then I moved to my second high school, and I had a whole group of friends that I still talk to now, and I'm in my second year of college. You know, we have a group chat that we all talk on and you know they live in Arizona I'm in Colorado right now but 
you know, we still talk to each other, you know, whenever we have problems, we have something awesome that we want to tell each other, we're always there. And it's just a really good group of friends that, uh, that I made. And um, here in Colorado, I did make um, some good friends that I've known since senior year. And, you know, it's just the whole concept of being cool. It doesn't exist. <laughs> Having fun and making memories and doing something that you enjoy in high school and making it the best four years you possibly can, that's what's important. Um, you know, take, uh, take a lot of chances, take some opportunities that come at you that you never even knew you would get because those are once in a lifetime chances and you only do high school once. So definitely make the best of it. Uh, one other thing is definitely take lots of notes. You know, whatever your teacher is saying, pay, pay close attention. You know, the more notes you take, the more practice you'll get for writing shorter notes so you can get the most out of your teacher's lecture. And um, senior year, you know, we all get senioritis within at least half of the year, um, within half the year. And actually, I got senioritis a lot months into my senior year. Um, but it's, uh, it's a thing. It does happen. But the, the most important thing to do is to keep going. Uh, keep it on um, your homework assignments, um, keeping on what your teachers are saying to you, you know, what your clubs um, are hosting, you know, just keep on keeping on, you know, it's, it's tough, but it's definitely worth it, you know, and then once you get to graduation, you'll look back and be like, oh my gosh, I worked so hard, uh, this graduation, uh, is definitely, definitely worth it, and definitely well-deserved, um, so now that you have passed through high school, uh, for those of you that are going into your, um, freshman year of college, now, college is so much more different than high school. Uh, you know, I enjoy uh, college so much more than high school. Um, I'm not saying that high school was bad. I thought high school was pretty awesome. You know, all the different people that I got to meet, all the different teachers that I had, you know, the three different high schools that I went to, um, it, and they all three had different vibes. Um, different atmospheres, you know, different ways of running the school, um, different view on academics, and, you know, different social circles that you were able to get into. But college is kind of a free-for-all. Um, you know, you're in there for your own major that you choose. Uh, my first year of college, I went for business. And I was thinking, you know, business, you can pretty much get anywhere with a business major. And uh, if you graduate with a business degree, you can go anywhere and look and say, look, I got my business degree. I have taken a class and I know anything and everything there is to know about business. And it's a great thing to put on your resume. But I wasn't enjoying it. Um, I thought, you know, I have a business, you know, why not go for a business degree? And I wasn't having as much fun as I thought I was going to. So now that I, you know, I do radio, I do, uh, I would like to get in um, to broadcasting more. I thought, you know, why not go for a communications degree? So now I'm going to be starting my second year of college with a new degree in communications. And I am so excited to see where this is going to go. So I do have some tips for you guys. Now that I'm in my second year of college, I have some tips for you first year fresh meat freshmen. Uh, definitely do not put off college test 
uh, test studying. You know, uh, I learned a very hard lesson uh, doing that. I actually, uh, one semester, did not study as much as I should have. Um, I learned that lesson so fast. I took uh, an entire night and did an all-nighter studying for a math test. And I did better than I thought I would, uh, but the lack of sleep definitely put a damper on um, how well I performed during that test. So uh, definitely do not put that off. Um, also, join a bunch of clubs, you know. Do- join um, any club that you think is interesting to you. Um, college is about experiencing new things, uh, finding out what you want to do for the rest of your life, or finding a new talent that you never knew you had, or just enjoying as much as you possibly can because college is definitely an experience. You know, high school is mandatory. Uh, you know, now college is something that you chose. Um, and you decided to take that major or you decided to go for that club, you know, definitely take some chances. Um, make lots of friends and find some study groups. I know I had a study group that I was with for my uh, college algebra class. They were wonderful. They were super fun to talk to and they had lots of help because I'm not very good at math. <laughs> I kind of suck at math, but, you know, I do the best I can. Um, and they had wonderful tips and they helped me through all these problems. So definitely find a study group that you, um, are compatible with. And I have one major tip for college students, you know, any college student that is listening um, to this conversation right here, keep a planner. (laughs) You're going to need a planner. You're going to need to know when assignments were assigned and when these assignments are due. And if you work a job while you are going to school, you're going to need to know when certain events are so you can talk to your boss or employers about that kind of thing. And, um, you know, if you don't really like to use planners, I know I love to use planners because I'm getting into this thing, uh, this new trend called bullet journaling, and I'm just going crazy about it. So I like to keep planners. But if you guys don't like to keep planners and you like to use your phone more, um, I know they have apps. I'm not exactly sure what they're called, but they do have apps for um, assignments in college so you can keep track of when your due dates are. So if you don't like writing down things in books, you could type it into your phone, you know, especially when you get a syllabus at the beginning of your course. Um, I know lots of professors do that. They give you a syllabus and it'll show you all of the assignments that you will for sure be doing throughout that semester. And you can look at all the due dates and when they're due. Um, and if you're an overachiever, you can even do those assignments early. But it's a good idea to really label when those due dates are so you don't miss those. Uh, I did that once, and I missed quite a bit of due dates. I didn't keep track of it. I learned a lot of lessons in my first year of college. So you guys um, will definitely uh, benefit if you just enjoy yourself, take some chances, and um, get organized, and just really have fun. And definitely don't be afraid to ask questions. So I really hope you guys enjoy your first year of high school. If you're getting to high school right now, or if you're starting a new year in high school, Enjoy it while you can. Um, And if you're about to enter college, have lots of fun. Take lots of chances. Um, If you want to try something new, go for it. Have fun. So during the break, everyone, be sure to check out our brand new radio site at expressyourselfteenradio.com for photos, descriptions, links, and more. And also visit our charity site at btsya.org and watch our fun and informative videos at youtube.com slash are. Stay right here with us as we continue our conversation on Back to School with reporter Maria Wong. 
We don't care how you got here. We're just glad you showed up. You're listening to Voice America Kids. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. Show the world your smile. Be the star you are. If you are ready to be inspired, energized, and edutained, you've come to the right place with our two life-changing programs at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com. Live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's our lifestyle show, Star Style, Be The Star You Are, with hosts Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany. On Tuesdays at noon Pacific, teens talk and the world listens on Express Yourself Teen Radio on Voice America Kids. Come play with us at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com. Sometimes we may sound strange, but remember, we're just kids with opinions. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Thank you for staying with us here at Voice America Kids. Our program is Express Yourself, giving youth across the world a voice to be listened to. Today's topic is Back to School. I'm Asia Gonzalez, and joining us for our third segment is veteran reporter Maria Wong with her segment, Booksmart. Hi, Maria. Hey, Asia. You know, I cannot believe that summer is just about to end and school is just starting. (laughs) You know, ever since I was younger, I always thought of school and summer as two separate entities that they would never interfere. You would go to school, do all of your work, and then you would have summer to relax. But ever since high school started, I've had this lovely thing called assigned reading or summer homework. And I don't mean that necessarily sarcastically because... As the book where I am, I do actually enjoy reading all of these books and getting a head start. Mm -hmm. However, I know this opinion does not resonate with everybody. However, I think most people would agree on one thing, that during the school year when we're giving assigned readings or academic readings in general, they begin to take up most of our time with reading. We're constantly focused on writing essays for them, analyzing them, and we don't really have enough time to read for fun or choose books that we want to read. However... As a rising high school senior, I feel like I found a good balance for both reading for pleasure and reading for school. So I have about four tips that could help everybody out there. My first one is just setting aside time for reading for fun. And I know this is hard, but you really can do this actually. Like for me, rather than let's say for a study break going on Instagram or Twitter or Snapchat, um, instead I'll go on Goodreads or iBooks. And I've mentioned Goodreads several times. I really do like Goodreads. It's such a great app for reading because they have algorithms to find books that you love and that are similar. They have many book reviews. And overall, it's just so helpful to help you find the nearest bookstore, that type of thing. 
So it really does encourage you to read and find new books. And I found a lot of great books through that. I also love to use um, just iBooks on my iPhone or like a tablet. I know it's not the same as um, having a hardcover book, but it does do the job. Something else I really love to do is read before I go to sleep and read something that's not from school. I think it's a great way to sort of break up your day from school and sort of relax for the next day while at the same time you're able to read a book for fun. And for me, I have to set a time limit just because I get carried away, but I know some people do fall asleep reading a book, so that's also a great way for people where it works like that. I do that. (laughs) And then um, my third tip is just, you know, try not to analyze all the books you read for fun. I know whether it be in college or high school or middle school, usually we're reading books, we're looking for symbolism, motifs, themes, all of that good stuff. And, um, but however, when you're reading a book for fun, you can really just read it for the emotion and for the thrill of it. Um, but yeah, and my last and final tip is just since we're on our phones and on technology so much, as I mentioned before, iBooks or Wattpad, um, or just getting a tablet, all of those are really great ra- ways to read books if you're already on that. Mm-hmm. But anyways, I think I just like mentioned all these tips because I really do think reading your own books is so important. I do agree with the school. It's nice to have, um, a set reading list, and we're able to read these books that are so influential, whether it be Shakespeare or Hemingway or whatever. But I also really do think it's important that we get to read what we want to read because reading, as I said before, is so influential in how you view the world and what you think of. So being able to choose your own books really helps provide that new perspective. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And, you know, a lot of people, uh, especially a lot of the English classes that people take, yes. there's a lot of mandatory reading. And I know one, I think it was my sophomore year of high school, we had an English class and we had two books that we had to read over the summer. Yeah. And we had to analyze them and have some sort of blurb before uh, the end of the first week of school. And I remember there was one book that I absolutely loved. I can't remember what it was. And then there was one book that I just did not like at all. <laughs> and I, I love that. <laughs> I love reading all the time. And there was just that one book that I was like, oh my gosh, why do I have to read this? And uh, it was a biography of this guy who climbed Mount Everest. I think it was called Into the Storm, I think. And he wrote about his entire uh, experience with climbing Mount Everest and the danger that they experienced. And you know, the story overall was absolutely fascinating, but the writing style, I think, is what got me. Um, but we had to analyze that, and it was really hard to analyze that book because it was uh, just an autobiography, you know, kind of account kind of thing. It wasn't exactly um, a story that flowed that you could keep up with. So it was a little bit hard to do that. So what are some tips for analyzing books better? I know I had um, that class and it was pretty hard and it was definitely a focus of that class where we had to read lots of books and analyze them. And there's always certain procedures on how to do that, but a lot of people do need help with that. What are some tips for analyzing books? For me, what works best, which I know this can be sort of strenuous, but I like to read the books several times or certain passages that I think are important um, just once to go through completely understanding it and then the second time going through irony or different themes I love for me I'm also a visual learner so I love using different highlighters if I have my own yeah. book 
or just, you know, like the little sticky notepads just to mark important parts. And for me, I'll like mark things that I think are important and then I'll go back to it and then go back and be like, oh, that's why like it's ironic there or this is a symbol like of a greater theme in the book type thing. And that really helps me. I also love just talking to other people like in my class or anyone who else has read it just about their opinions about it just to get a different perspective too. Okay, I see. Yeah, I I definitely agree with the post-it notes and highlighters. I had that book (laughs) just covered in pink and yellow highlighter ink. Um, And that is a very good tip. That's very useful. Yeah, no, Uh, I totally... Oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah. No, I totally get that, though, about reading books are a bit difficult. I know for me, it was um, The Grapes of Wrath last year, just because oh. it was such a long read. And mm-hmm. however, like after reading it and sort of analyzing it in class, we did like presentations and everything sort yeah. of like in a game show format. Mm-hmm. So it was a bit more fun. But um, I realized that like it's a really good book and like has good less like it was just the style of writing for me that really got yeah. to me. So I totally mm-hmm. get that. Oh, yeah, definitely. And, you know, now that you said that and we were talking about that kind of thing where it's hard for us to read a certain book, what are some tips for those who don't like to read it? I know my brother needs that tip uh, if you have it because he needs to find the thrill of reading. He doesn't have it yet, but I know (laughs) he'll find it. But um, I know there are people that don't necessarily like to read, which is okay. But, you know, especially if you have an English class that requires you to read at least four books throughout that semester. Uh, what are some tips for those who just can't get into the love of reading? No, I totally get that. Um, side note, my brother is also very similar to that. <laughs> so, like, as the older sister who loves to read, yeah. I sort of uh-huh. like, come on, like, you can do it. But, um, but, like, for people who don't necessarily enjoy reading but have to read, I think everybody finds something um, finds like a subject matter they find interesting. So if you can find a book in that, if you get to choose books, you know, even if you don't like to read, you know, if the subject matter is at least interesting. Yeah. Um, but for people like who have assigned readings, like I know a lot of my friends sort of moan and groan about it, but um, just sort of like getting just like in any like difficult like thing you have to do in school, you know, taking it like piece by piece, at least for me, you know, um, just like reading one segment, writing down notes and then doing something else and then going back to it type thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good tip, Um, especially going back to when you had to analyze. uh, My school called it, I'm not sure if it's the same thing everywhere, but she always um, wanted us to annotate it. And that required us to find certain quotes and kind of decipher what they were talking about, uh, find some imagery that really spoke to you. And I know that was a lot of trouble for one of my friends and uh, one of my brothers had that kind of class too where he had to annotate the book. And it was a pretty long book. Um, so he had a bit of trouble with that. And I know I had a lot of trouble with the book that I didn't really enjoy because <laughs> I was like, I don't even know what he's talking about right here because it would switch from uh, different points in time. He would go back to before he started climbing Mount Everest and then he would go back to the present time where he was actually at one of the base camps. And um, there was a point in the book where it was just about how uh, he got trapped inside his tent because it was the storm was just so bad at that point. And you know there were questions that we had to answer for each chapter. And um, it was kind of like an analyzing question, like, at what point in the story um, did this really capture 
your attention or uh, what was this character feeling? I was like, oh my gosh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. And there are actually, you know, we have the mandatory um, reading list. Do you think that student uh, schools should get the students' opinions on what books should be on the mandatory reading list? Yeah, I totally like agree with that. Because I think the student reading list, you know, that's what we're reading throughout the year. And it really, like, affects our opinions on certain things or how we think. So I think definitely getting mm-hmm. a student's perspective on it, somebody, like, who's our age, you know, just that'd be really helpful. I know in my middle school, um, we got to talk about it. And a lot of people chose Hunger Games, which was, it's still pretty popular, <laughs> but was really popular back then. I heard that yeah. wanted to, they wanted to put that on the band book list. Oh, that doesn't yeah. surprise me. <laughs> yeah, I know. Not really. <laughs> but yeah, but we, we actually got to read that and like everybody really enjoyed it. And um, it was just like a really nice change from the other books we were reading. While also like, and also students, you know, just feel more included, like in the community type thing. So I think overall, yeah, it'd be really nice for school boards in general, just to get more students' opinions on important things like this. And I know that could possibly be hard because a lot of people are on different um, reading levels, I guess. Uh, You know, people who like to read longer books will want something that's a lot longer than the Hunger Games books. Um, and then people who don't really like reading will want something that is a lot smaller or a lot shorter. So that could that would be one of the hardest things to do. But I definitely think that having a choice in the reading list, like you said, would bring everybody together and kind of a similar opinion and people can enjoy something all together. Exactly, because at the end of the day, the school board and like English teachers or administration gets to decide which books, but... I think it'd just be nice for all students to feel included in the process. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, thank you so much, Maria, for being on the show with us. You know, Booksmart definitely teaches us so much about the literary world, and these were great tips for people who um, wanted to get into the love of reading like us. <laughs> so during <laughs> yeah. the break, yeah, definitely. During the break, uh, be sure to check out our charity site at btsya.org which stands for the Be The Star You Are 501 C3 Literacy and Positive Media Charity. And also visit expressyourselfgeneradio.com for more information about our show. And when we come back, we will be continuing our inspiring conversation. I'm Asia Gonzalez, and stay with us for more empowerment and entertainment on Back to School. We didn't invent Kid Talk, we perfected it, and at a very young age. You're listening to Voice America Kids. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. The longer you listen, the later it gets. You're listening to Voice America Kids.
You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Welcome back. Thanks for staying with us here on Voice America Kids. Our program is Express Yourself. I'm Asia Gonzalez, and today the theme for our show is Back to School. And joining us today is Joven Hondo with his segment, World Watch. Hello, Joven. Hi. Thanks for having me here. Of course. Uh, now, for this Back to School edition of my segment, World Watch, I thought I'd talk about the importance of computer science in today's world and why we should be increasing our exposure of it to K-12 students. Now, in an increasingly technological world, the opportunities for those with relevant skills are endless. Over the past few decades, the burgeoning tech center sector has begun to see exponentially high growth. It currently ranks among the top industries and is still rapidly expanding with millions of computer science jobs present here in America. In fact, in today's cutthroat worlds of Silicon Valley and the internet, tech companies are reportedly hiring record numbers of college graduates straight out of school just to get ahead of the curve versus other tech companies. According to Business Insider, these same graduates can even earn a starting pay higher than the national average household income, which is around 50000 And if the tech industry isn't for you, having skills in computer science will certainly be a major plus for you. Rasmussen University's School of Technology talks about how having skills in computer science will also give job seekers a leg up on their competitors in such fields as finance, education, and engineering. And with our schools being there for the primary reason of preparing kids for college and their lives after that, it's increasingly apparent that the tech sector is going to be one of the best places to be over the next few decades. And beyond just the list of opportunities for those interested in technology, I think it's important to know that completing various technological endeavors provides a whole host of benefits to individuals who might not even want to pursue computer science. According to Bill Gates, learning to write programs stretches your mind, helps you think better, and creates a way of thinking about things that I think is helpful in all domains. A study featured by the American Psychological Association examined how computer programming favorably affects cognitive thinking and subsequent outcomes. In fact, the study actually found that students having computer programming experience scored about 16 percentile points higher on various cognitive ability tests than students who did not have programming experience. And with all this in mind, now that we've established the opportunities and benefits provided by computer science, it's honestly a bit disheartening to read a study found on USA Today talking about how 64% of high schoolers, so about two-thirds, don't have access to any form of computer science classes. This is especially true for more underdeveloped areas that a lot of times feature minorities. According to the White House's official website, 
just one quarter of all K through 12 schools in the United States offer high quality science, computer science with programming and coding, and a whole 22 states still don't allow it to count towards high school graduation. I think it's more than obvious that this is a field we should be expanding our coverage of to K through 12 students, and I'd li now like to talk about some efforts to do so in the past. In Kentucky two years ago, and in Florida just months ago, in fact, there were bills in their respective state legislatures that were supposed to encourage the addition of more high school programming classes and to amend their state's public university admission requirements so that courses in programming languages would count towards the university's foreign languages requirement. Unfortunately, both of these bills actually failed to pass. Critics argue that these bills will be preposterous to pass as, according to them, programming more closely aligned with subjects such as mathematics or science. However, upon further reflection, this is actually incorrect. Now, before getting into why, I'd just like to quickly note that a Washington Post article actually noted how foreign languages taught in high school are not usually remembered after graduation, nor is fluency even achieved during high school. And so not only are these foreign languages, foreign language classes for the most part sort of ineffective, um, and back to the issue of classifying programming language as these foreign language for the sake of public university requirements, scientists have actually been finding that the two are more closely aligned than previously thought. A joint international study conducted by institutions such as Carnegie Mellon University, the Georgia Institute of Technology, and various other German universities actually found out using fMRI scanning that programmers typically utilize the same part of the brain that has always been associated with language processing. Furthermore, the region of the brain that are usually used in conjunction with mathematics are actually not used nearly as much in programming as the region of the brain used for language processing. And after learning this, as well as all the aforementioned benefits and opportunities provided by programming, I firmly believe that these bills should not only be reintroduced in the Florida and Kentucky state legislatures, but also be put to a vote in my home state of California, as well as the rest of the country. Definitely. I definitely agree with that. And there's, it's actually kind of a bummer that um, students don't really have access to these computer science classes when we are such a growing uh, nation with computer sciences. You know, we're having such a growth in technology, um, great technological advances, and yet we don't have enough funding or we don't have um, the ability to get these students exactly what they need yeah, to for sure. keep up with, go with, go with what's going on in our country. So, actually, do you think coding needs to be a foreign language credit? Because I think that would be pretty useful. I definitely think so, because uh, what we see now with, like, these public universities, so they have a set of requirements that students must have taken in high school, this many years of science, this many years of math, and various other things yeah. like that. And then, so there's not really a whole lot of room for a whole separate computer science requirement. Yeah. And while there might be some critics for bundling it up with foreign languages, it actually makes a lot of sense once you think about it. 
It does. It makes a lot of sense. You know, it's definitely a way to expand, um, like you said, your way of thinking. And it's something new that you can teach your mind how to do. Because, um, you know, people who learn another language, like let's say you learn Spanish or you learn French, like I took French in high school, it's crazy to see how your mind can switch from one language to another and kind of jumbling all of that together in your mind. So, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So you talked about these two state bills about programming, but have there ever been any nationwide attempts to give more students access to computer science classes? Uh, actually, yes. Um, in January of just this year, President Obama unveiled his new Computer Science for All initiative, and this um, pledged money to expand coverage of this very important subject to K-12 students. Unfortunately, um, while there is bipartisan support in Congress for related endeavors uh, relating to computer science, more still needs to be done at both the federal and state level to ensure that these students actually do have access to coding, as the president's initiative won't be enough on its own. Mm, I see. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And since so many students uh, don't have programming classes, is there anything they can do on their own? Like, how can they uh, kind of incorporate this into their own lives if they're not able to get the schools or the states to be able to do it for them? Oh, yeah, great question. I'm actually glad you brought that up. So there are various resources online, such as Code.org, Code Academy, potential local university classes, and even just checking out books from their local libraries. But while this is definitely good for students, many lack the time due to excessive homework or just the internal drive to do things like this completely outside of school. And yeah. it would also, while these are good, uh, good resources to learn, it's better to have a teacher working with you hands-on, ready to assist while you learn these important concepts. Definitely. And I actually had a thought. I don't know what your thought is on this, but I found that code writing can actually be, it kind of seems like another way to be a quote-unquote author, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because um, I've experimented this a little myself, and I encourage anyone else to do it as well. So when you like write these programs, just like a simple tic-tac-toe program, for instance, mm -hmm. it really kind of, it's very neat to like test it out then and see like, wow, I built this all myself. Wow, yeah. I haven't exactly gotten into coding, but um, I have built myself, I didn't exactly build it, but I used another um, way to build my own website. It's called weebly.com. And I want to make my own blog. And there is actually a, sec a section for building your website where you can edit the HTML coding. Oh, and yeah. <laughs> I looked at it. I was like, ooh, I'm not going to mess with that. I don't exactly know how to do that <laughs> yet. So I'm just not going to touch it. <laughs> but I think that people who are able to learn coding and learn how to do all of that, they are absolutely remarkable to me because you guys are able to you know, decipher what's going on with that code. <laughs> and I just think that's absolutely wonderful. Well, um, just like a lot of other things, it just takes practice. So, yeah. like, for example, someone who does, plays an instrument. Mm -hmm. uh, when you watch them, you'll be amazed uh, how fast their fingers are moving on a piano or how they're, how they're doing these drums so fast. Yeah. And it's just, um, it just all comes with practice. Like, things like this 
uh, if you take the time and you have the initiative to do it on your own, if you don't have like classes nearby you, things <laughs> like that, then it can definitely help you in the long run. Yeah, I think we do need to be able to make some sort of um, poll or movement to try and get these computer, computer science classes or something that will give children um, in school, K through 12, the opportunity to be able to keep up with the movement that's going on in America because this is getting uh, crazy. You know, there's so many jobs out there. There's so many career options that love the fact that these people have the ability to write code because it's so important. Definitely, yeah. So, you know, definitely um, we'll have to figure out something to do. We can create a movement of some sort. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, thank you so much, Jovan, for this wonderful segment. I absolutely love your new segment that you have. Oh, thank Worldwide. you. It's so fascinating, and I really hope we have you on another segment really, really soon. But sadly, we have no more time. And thanks to Star Style Productions, Cynthia Bryan. Be the star you are, and our Voice America Kids Guru, especially our engineer, Matt. Thanks to our guests and reporters from across the world, and thank you, our listeners, for making us a top-rated program. I'm Asia Gonzalez, and you have been listening to Ex Express Yourself and on our global community where teens talk and the world listens. For more info on our creative community, go to btsya.org. Until next week, remember, be kind, head back to school, and be here. Speak up, speak out, and express yourself. Thanks for joining us this week on Express Yourself, produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, be sure to visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Please join us again next Tuesday at noon Pacific time, 3 p.m. Eastern, when teens talk and the world listens on the Voice America Kids channel. Until then, remember to express yourself. Stars to shine. Between the lines If you would let yourself